Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems that everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of the information overload and choose what governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Sunny. Hello, Joe. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a good day. Awesome. Very, very good. So if you're watching, you realize this isn't Pastor Jeff next to me. If you're listening, that might have surprised you. Uh, But today, we're going to talk with my friend and colleague, Sunny Gresick. She uh, is a wonderful leader for us here at Grace Church and does lots of great things um, with a lot of our volunteers and in our community, uh, but also um, is very passionate and involved and straight up just talking to people about yeah. Jesus and the things that he cares about, whether they're people following Jesus and trying to make him make sense or people that don't follow Jesus and trying to make him make sense. So uh, that is uh, one of the reasons I'm very excited to have Sonny here today. Um, so Sonny, as we kind of dive in, what we want to uh, talk about today is basically how do we talk to people? <laughs> um, there's, uh, my goodness, at least since the beginning, the inception of this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, there have been so many things that continue to polarize people, mm-hmm. um, things that get people kind of on a high horse or um, want people to kind of sit in a camp and not talk to anybody else in the other camp, yep. write them off, you name it. And then even recently, mm-hmm. I mean, everything from what's happened in the Akron community with Jalen Walker and his yeah. family um, to um, things like the uh, the Roe v. Wade decision that happened a couple months ago, like there's just all kinds of things that keep spiking and keep spiking people's emotions and keep getting in the way mm-hmm. of what could be healthy dialogue. And at the same time, kind of spark healthy dialogue. So uh, I'm just going to op- ask an open-ended question at first. Like, what are some of the things that run through your mind as you start conversations with people about something of meaning? Yeah, so that's a great question. I um, I think because of my past and just uh, always craving something in conversation with people that it has made me very passionate about this. Mm, that's great. I will say that um, our culture right now doesn't like to talk at all. Yeah. So you go through a grocery store and it's very normal to just keep your head down and not pay attention to anyone around you. And so that's actually one of the things that I think God has super convicted me about. I truly believe, because we are Christ's ambassadors here on earth, that if someone is talking to me, the Lord is working in their life. Yeah. So. There's a thing called the bystander effect. Have you heard of that? I don't know that I have. Okay. So it's really cool. It's this psychological phenomenon. When you're with a group of strangers, um, it is way less likely that you will step into a need if you're with them and no one else is saying yes. Hmm. But if you're like soloed out, then you would step into something and like be okay with tackling that or having a conversation with someone. So taking a grocery store example, if you're in line... And you're like, oh, someone else probably talked to the person that is checking me out. Well, no, actually, according to this, no one probably has. So I like to kind of live my life thinking, well, I don't ever want to be a bystander. I just want to pursue people and step into the uncomfort of that and have conversations with them. That's so good. Man, that kind of hit me between the eyes. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode today (laughs) because we should probably just chew on that for a long time. 
Uh, but you're right. Like I'm thinking through all these scenarios um, where, yeah, you're standing in line, grocery store, roller coaster, yep. you name it. And like very few people yeah. will start a conversation, if at all. Yep. Um, but I think about that too, like a uh, little behind the curtain type stuff. Like <laughs> if we make an announcement at a place like the church mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, hey, it'd be great if some of you did this thing. The likelihood of people saying, I'll do that thing is statistically slim to none. Whereas if I shoulder tap, I like almost anybody, hey, would you mind helping me out for a little bit mm-hmm. this afternoon? Like most of us, unless there was an absolute 100% conflict, we're like, yeah, let me figure that out. Yeah. That's fascinating. Sonny. So one of these tests that they did was they had this person setting up a tent. And so what they had told all of the bystanders was that um, they're doing some arbitrary experiment. And so it was like to see how long you could just sit in a room or something. And so this guy, he comes out and he's setting up a tent and he's just fumbling it like terribly. And they set the clock and it, people go 10, 15 minutes. No one steps in. But as they reduce the amount of people that are in the room, then people start to step in quicker and quicker. And then when you get a solo person, within like 30 seconds, they're like, hey, how can I help? Yeah. So it's just... Wow. Yeah. And being in numbers is so fascinating, but I don't want to be that, you know, for conversations. I want to be the outlier, the one who steps in the gap for someone. Yeah. That, I mean, I, my mind's blown away right now because it makes (laughs) so much sense, but I've never thought about it in that much uh, specificity before. Sunny, so, okay. I, you don't want to be a bystander. I'm pretty sure I don't ever <laughs> want to be a bystander again. I love this conversation. Yeah. How do you not be so when somebody needs help? That that's one obviously sure. like they oh their tent is blah blah. Yeah. But if it's just conversation mm-hmm. and they're just staying in there quietly or whatever, what do you do? What goes through your mind like to actually initiate that? Yeah. So it's a great question. We all will go through somewhere and say, "Hey, how are you? Good." And then you just kind of like move on. But I actually learned this from my husband. Um, He doesn't stop at that. So Mm -hmm. he would take it to the next level and say, no, really, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, that question opens up so much dialogue because then it's like, oh, they actually see me. I'm I'm a person here and that's huge. So I try and I try and do that. I try and just ask the second follow-up question, which then sparks the conversation. That's the easiest thing that I personally think. Yeah, like you're right. That is, um, you know, whether we're going to answer everything is good, everything's fine, or, yeah, just been busy, but it's been good. You know, like, we, we almost give this subconscious uh, script to those answers, right. um, and we assume that you're just being polite, and therefore, I don't want to get into anything. Right. Um, but, yeah, if you dig deeper, hmm. Yeah. You're really making me think a lot here. That was not <laughs> the plan, Sonny. Uh, no. <laughs> This is for the listeners. Uh, no, this is this is hitting me really, really good. Now, how how do you go about when you know it's one thing for someone to say, you know, actually work has been tough, and you know, I'm I'm just thinking about do I need to make a change or whatever, and maybe the conversation just kind of dies because it stays at a relatively uh, platonic mm-hmm. level, even though you did dig in a little bit deeper. What happens for you when one of these topics like gets to one of the reasons this podcast exists, (laughs) you know, where all of a sudden maybe they're saying like, yeah, I just kind of really wish that people would get behind defunding the police, or I really wish they would just get behind, you know, uh, understanding that police are here to, uh, you know, protect us and serve us, just to use one topic. That's not where we're headed in this podcast. But um, how do you start to think through and navigate when we go into like, ugh, 
topics? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, um, I never want to be combative. Yeah. Why, why enter a conversation with ing- aggression? And I really do believe in a conversation, if someone gets angry, either party, everybody loses mm. because you're no longer thinking logically or like um, thinking with the heart and mind of Christ. You're angry and you want to win an argument. Oh, that's good. And so if you can instead go in and be like, you know what, I'm not going to get angry and I'm just here because I want to learn. There's a lot that we can do to learn. And I think that it helps us in the current conversation as well as in future conversations if we go with an attitude of just wanting to understand a person's perspective. So that for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also, people like to talk about themselves. They sure do. So I never ever want to think about the next thing that I'm going to say. I want to be in the moment with a person, but I also do think about, so if you were to say to me, oh, I was at Cedar Point, I'd be like, oh, Cedar Point, I could probably ask him what roller coasters he rode or like how long the line was just to keep the conversation going, which actually I did at Cedar Point one time and she was stuck with me for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) in a healthy way, but by the time we got to the end, I was at, I was able to share Jesus with her. Wow. And um, things like that, like if you can just continue to keep the conversation going, as well as be tuned in with the Lord, and if He is telling you that this is not the right time, then be okay with that. Yeah. Because we don't want to force ourselves on anyone and make them uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I say that she was stuck with me in line for two hours. That's teasing. She was invested in the conversation and being reciprocal, asking me questions about myself and stuff yeah. like that. That's so good. And I love, um, like, when you continue to ask the questions, you can dive in deeper to motivations or the circumstances that lead someone to that point. Like, the thing that's, you know, stepped into my mind is uh, this did not happen, but let's pretend, like, if I went home and said, yeah, today I punched Sonny in the face. (laughs) Well, you could hear that as, like, why did Joe punch somebody? Mm. What was his motivation? How evil is he? Doesn't he know he should never hit a girl? He shouldn't hit anybody. I mean, all these things could be running through your mind. And what I meant was like, yeah, I was stretching and didn't see her behind (laughs) me and my fist struck her above her neck. Like, that's what I mean. But if we don't listen for the story, we have no idea. Now, the flip can also be true. Yeah, I got really angry and lost my temper Mm -hmm. and did strike her, you know, like, and so, but what is that? Well, then what made you angry? Right. What led you down that pathway? And you can ask those types of questions because we rarely can fill in, I shouldn't even say rarely, we can never fill in someone's motivations and circumstances behind the little bit of information that we know. Yes. So at a minimum, that can be one of the question rabbit trails we can purposefully Mm. try to go down Mm -hmm. into. That's Excellent. Yeah, there are layers and layers and layers of people, and there is a lot to discover with someone. And I, I love what you're saying because no one's motivation is where we 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 hide we hide stuff. Honestly, yeah. as humans, we hold things in, and sometimes we don't even know ourselves the reason why we do or think the things that we do or think. And so a lot of times in these conversations, especially if it's like one filled with aggression or um, it's this topic that is extremely polarizing, there's a hurt. And then we don't know how to deal with that as people. And so sometimes we deal with it with more hurt and more hurt and more hurt, and it continues to polarize us. And so that's why I think it's so important to just like Mm kind of lay that down, go in and honestly pray, like, Lord, please help me through this conversation. Help me be calm. Help me be a good voice for you so that people can hopefully end the conversation closer and more unified than when they began it. Yeah, that's oh, so good. 
I hope you're all taking notes. And if you're uh, <laughs> like running or uh, driving or something like that, that you're realizing I might need to put this on repeat and go back to it. But um, Sonny, when, when you find that you tap into someone realizing they're sharing pain, so not the accidental kind, like, yeah, you know, childhood was hard, but they're not necessarily going down that pathway with you yet. Mm-hmm. But when they do, they're like, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, this probably is because my parents or maybe something even institutional, like, you know, the schools are this or the church is this. What has been some of your um, most helpful mindsets into navigating pain with somebody? I know it sounds cliche, but love the person. Mm. So if out of their pain they did something that hurt other people, the person sitting in front of me is still a person, and they're a child of God. And internally, deep, there's a wound. And so how can I help that person uniquely through that Mm. circumstance? I think that that is 100% the most important. Um, I also don't take it for myself. So if someone's sharing their hurt, unless it makes sense, I'm not going to share about my hurt. That's really good. It's really important to allow them. I mean, it, in most cases, it's probably the first time someone has come to another person and divulged all of this information. So like give them a safe space to do that and don't make it about you. Yeah. That's so helpful because like you said earlier, we like to, people like to talk about themselves and that includes us. Mm. And so if you share a story about your rough childhood, I'm going to start thinking about the pain that I had in my childhood, Mm, and you need to, like, put the pause on that unless they ask. Yeah. um, Because – or only share it in the most minute detail. Like, you know, I I get that because I've experienced a little bit of that myself. Done. Right. (laughs) You know, now if they ask, now Mm -hmm. you can start to share. But um, because Mm -hmm. you don't – if they're finally opening up, and they're finally willing to say, this is some pain that I'm willing to share with someone else. And then you turn it around and say, and especially if you're accidentally one-upping them, what they've actually just internalized is my pain is less important than oh, this yeah. person's pain. And this is why I don't share it. Yep. And so I couldn't agree with you more. We need to listen and uh, continue to allow them to have that safe. I love that safe place to yep, share. Absolutely. And everyone's worst problem is their worst problem. Yes. So there's no reason to elevate yours above someone else's. And I would say too, and this is one of my favorite things. I, if I was to say like, pray for the unbelieving heart, what would would that make you think of? Me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be just someone that doesn't follow Jesus. I pray that their heart would come to know Jesus. And so. It's actually pray for your own. Yeah. So if you That's are <laughs> in, if you're in a conversation with someone and you're like, they're never going to change, or I can't believe they did this terrible thing, and you don't actually believe that Christ is going to change their heart, you need to pray for your own heart. Sunny. It's it's important, and I think wow. that we should all have that posture of praying for ourselves, and that mm-hmm. we are actually reflecting the heart and mind of Jesus. That's so good. I I was a. Um, a pretty stubborn person, so mm. I get that. I mean, uh, even after becoming a Jesus follower, I mean, I, I wrote a paper in college about how I'd never be a pastor, <laughs> you know, and so uh, there are things that we don't believe about ourselves that God's like, no, I'm going to turn that upside down, oh, which yeah. is everybody's spiritual journey, let alone the other things that he's mm-hmm. done in our life. That's mm. the unbelieving heart is my own. Yeah. Are you taking notes yet? Uh, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, now, Sonny, um, we've we've 
kind of talked generically, and we've even talked some about folks that are believers. What are some of the things, um, to use the other definition of an unbelieving heart, that's more tongue-in-cheek, but uh, folks that aren't yet Christians, folks that aren't yet followers of Jesus, what are some of the most common questions or common mindsets that you're encountering? Because you you do have these conversations more than probably our typical listener, and and I think, but most of our listeners wish we had more. Mm. So what are some of those most common mindsets or questions they often are bringing to the table that you're experiencing right now? The mindsets and questions of the other person? Yes, or, okay. the other person. Uh, it's a lot of questions and a lot of not understanding, and actually a lot of people would say that they, yeah, God exists, mm. but just not having a personal relationship with Jesus and not really understanding why they would want one. Oh. So uh, that... That's probably a common thread. I will say, um, and I'm actually not going to say the people because in case they listen to this, but uh, I have a really good friend, and um, she would say that God exists. I don't know if she's a Christ follower yet, but um, she has another friend who is also a Christian, and and this is actually my caution to everybody. The other family that she's involved with, they actually... uh, make her feel like a worse person. Mm. And I don't think that they mean to do this, but the things that they say, like, oh, well, Jesus would say you shouldn't do this, or um, I can't believe that you would cuss or that you would have a beer or something like this. And she's like, Sonny, I don't understand the difference between when I hang out with you and you make me feel loved and accepted, and then I go over here and I feel bad because God would say that I'm doing something wrong. And so for all of us, I think one of the most important things that we bring to the table is that we're not making people feel worse about who they are, and we're understanding, like, if they don't know the Lord yet, and even if they do, they're still a person, and we should walk with them through that. And I can already see that this person has changed because of her interactions with, with my family, mm-hmm. and it's amazing, and it's her being able to see Jesus through us. Through us. Yeah. So that's probably my biggest caution. That's really, really good. I um, We... Um, lovingly have an opportunity to share with people, to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if we see things that are super detrimental to their health or whatever, we're yes. going to have this um, desire to want to like step in and intervene. However, um, we're not the one who sanctifies, to mm-hmm. use a kind of a biblical theological word that some... Yeah, but... Uh, like the Holy Spirit does that, like Jesus does that. Yeah. And so our job is to keep pointing people to Jesus. He changes minds and hearts. Yes. And none of us, quote unquote, get our act together and then come to Jesus. <laughs> um, right. If that were the necessity, then none of us would be with Jesus yet. We yeah. can't. And so if we can continue to show the pathway to Christ, mm-hmm. he is the truth, he is the life, he is the way, um, then through their connection and relationship with him, Mm -hmm. he can start to work on those things in their hearts. But until they see that Jesus is better than everything else, none of that's going to change anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. And they they see it through us, and that's where 1 Peter 3.15 comes in, and it's giving a response for the faith that we have within us. And when people come and ask us those questions, I think that the most important thing that we can remember with that verse is that it actually ends in with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And so as we're living a life that Christ has called us to, people will see and they will ask. It's it's how he designed it. Yeah. So we have to be okay with responding, but 
by loving them and pointing them on that path that you're talking about. Yeah, that's so good. I think in in a lot of ways, that's been the heartbeat of even this podcast Mm -hmm. is um, how do we listen to where people are coming from, but then not point to a side of the argument, but point to Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, Because there is in very, I don't even know that there is a polarized topic that I can think of um, without getting ridiculous, of course, that one of the polarized sides is the answer. It's like, no, like Jesus is navigating this messed up world. Follow him. Absolutely. Um, And so that's that's really, really good. Um, I want our listeners to take this to heart. I I think that um, how we talk to people is so important. Mm. And that might mean things like don't have the serious conversations as much through text and online because the how often shows up in our tone, it shows up in our body language, it shows up in the, in the way that our eyes react to what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're only having either textual conversations um, or if we're just not cautious about our tones and our posture and all that kind of stuff, we find that to be a, a, a big, big issue. And then we're not poised to listen and to learn and to hear what they're coming through. Or, yeah. So Sunny is... Um, as we kind of start moving towards uh, wrapping up this particular conversation, uh, is there anything else that you would want to encourage us as we're like navigating these conversations with folks? Mm, yeah. So um, in Mark 8, when Jesus is getting ready to feed the 4,000 mm-hmm. and uh, he sees that they're hungry and they're sitting there and what he says is, I have compassion for them, mm. it would be for us to have compassion for other people mm. and to even if we're uncomfortable, I personally think that if I get butterflies when I'm interacting with someone that I don't know, that the Lord is prompting me to have a conversation with them. And instead of running away from that feeling, I run to it. Yes. And so if we can do that, like collectively as the body of Christ, I'm like, oh my goodness, how many people will get to experience Jesus every single day through us? Mm-hmm. I love that, Sonny. And we need to not only have that compassion, you're saying this, I'm just not only compassion for those that don't yet follow Jesus, but also for those that do. Because I hear semi-regularly phrases like, I follow Jesus and they follow Jesus. I can't understand why they would think blank about blank. Right. I can't, you know, you go into all of these crazy topics Mm -hmm. over the last few years and well into human history. How could they land on the other side of this? How could they possibly support that? I thought they followed Jesus. What an amazing opportunity to be compassionate Mm -hmm. and go ask. Oh, yes. And not ask, like, how could you? Mm -hmm. But like, man, I've been following Jesus for a while. I think we disagree on something. I would be fascinated to sit down and chat with you about this because... Maybe I'm missing. Maybe I'm missing something. Hmm. Um, at a minimum, maybe I'm misunderstanding your story and how Jesus is doing something in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there is a full-on disagreement. Yeah. And maybe one of you is right and or wrong. Mm-hmm. But knowing how someone got to that conclusion is mm-hmm. a game changer, and that's what compassion's all about. Absolutely. That's so good. Well, Sunny, um, 
Thank you for stepping into this seat and uh, having this conversation with us today. Um, Sunny, one of the things that she does here at Grace is, uh, among many other things, is she leads these conversations and environments that right now we just call kind of like salt and light somethings, uh, <laughs> salt and light gatherings, salt and light workshops, salt and light whatever. And uh, it's because Jesus in Matthew 5 says that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, you can go be in your identity with Jesus, these incredible light bearers, uh, these incredible flavor bearers as we go out into the world. Sonny's passionate about that, and so if you, especially if you're local here in the Akron area and you see something like that, I want to encourage you to step into those environments to begin to learn and sharpen how we can do this, process that in your own world, but then to be able to be better and better examples of being salt and light in our community. Um, If you have questions for our podcast, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages, and if we can help you take any unique next steps, kind of like jumping into these salt and light environments, we'd love to help you do that. Um, And if you want more and like what you're hearing, uh, make sure you subscribe or follow, rate, and review our podcast. Um, If you're in the area and you're looking for a church home or for more of these resources, you can always join us online or for any of the other resources we offer. And we're just glad that we can help walk this journey with you. Thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.